Hell, thanks for coming, kids. Hey, Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rise, hell rise, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row. This is a hoser horror episode, so as always, you have myself, Dan Gorman, here with Carlo. Yo, what's up? All the way over there in Belgium. Yeah, not in no. Canada. I'm, I'm, I'm not a I'm hoser. I'm here in the Great White I North. Am, <laughs> I am a, at best, a, ho- a hoser poser. <laughs> Uh, you can get in touch with Back Row at backrowcineblog at gmail.com. The website is back-row.com. And on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can also go to Back Row Cineblog. And if this is your first time listening somehow, you stumbled upon us through our social media shares for Hoser Horror, maybe, you can expect the Notes from the Back Row podcast feed to have lots of different stuff in there. You right now, Hoser Horror is very active, I would say, because we're excited about it. But you can also get stuff like episodes where Veronica and I talk about trashy, junky horror, or Carlo and Jenna doing their post anime club, and more different kind of sub series uh, in your podcast catcher. So check it out. Notes from the back row. You're checking it out as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So mm. Hoser Horror, this is Carlo and I's little corner to drink a Molson Canadian and watch two movies back to back, pop mm. a brew, strange brew style, and yeah, watch two <laughs> movies. Beauty. <laughs> Beauty. We, you know, myself as a Canadian, I love Canadian films. Carlo is is also a huge Hoser fan. Hoser head. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Hosehead. Very, very fascinated by just Canada and Canadian cinema in general, so it's it is fun. Yeah, so today we are doing a double shot of John Michael Thor. So two movies starring the great John Michael Thor, <laughs> who you may know from his band Thor. <laughs> really? <laughs> does, he have a ba- does he have a band that's just called Thor now? Yeah, that's yeah. Oh. That's what his that's what it was his stuff was released as his his albums. Like it was like oh. it was kind of a band just called Thor in the eighties. Oh um, okay. Also you may know him from being a bodybuilding champion. Hmm. Yeah, a screenwriter, a musician, an actor, um so much stuff. You might also remember him from the 2015 documentary I Am Thor, which got some some buzz. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that was a thing, but I also saw the reviews weren't mm, the best, but I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't uh, seen it either. I just I just started looking shit up about this guy because you see him in movies and you're like, this is this is a one of a kind kind yeah. of guy. So I need to know more. <laughs> yeah. Um and so like a real quick background on on John Michael Thor uh he 
was born John David Michael, 1953. He started the concept uh, for the band Thor in 1973. And so they are that kind of power, glam, sort of poppy metal um, that you would hear in the 80s. Maybe not not so much glam, but it has that, you know... Yeah, a little... I'd call it like glam metal-ish. Yeah, it's performative. They would have, you know, props and costumes. And, you know, he had kind of his character. And they would smash concrete blocks on his chest or something with a sledgehammer (laughs) according to wikipedia yeah (laughs) i should have looked up some youtube stuff from like concerts maybe (laughs) he (laughs) did they did perform or i think it was him he performed on the merv griffin show um yeah and he started recording albums and eventually decided like many musicians i'm gonna get into the motion picture business yeah as one does (laughs) yeah like it's it's the ultimate step for anyone like i i love these kind of movies where it's like someone who doesn't necessarily belong in movies like you know uh musicians or wrestlers or that kind of shit and they just get into movies because not because they're uh, they have talent for it but (laughs) they have the time yeah they're just like these they have these larger than life personas and that often translates to the screen in some way not necessarily in a tasteful way but you know like hulk hogan and um even more recently uh, you've got the rock and john cena and um terry cruz even he came from football uh, american football and you know i actually didn't even know that terry cruz used to be like an, an athlete <laughs> it just it just like makes sense as a as a screen presence the um w- when i saw your review on letterbox of one of these films where you you kind of called john michael thor a cross between um wayne campbell <laughs> and one of the barbarian brothers i think the barbarian brothers is a good touch point because mm. they are you know th- those people you mentioned yeah. i think are good examples of it going right and i think <laughs> What we see with John Michael Thor and people like the Barbarian Brothers is they say, we are this character in real life, and now I mm-hmm. want to try and bring this character or this you know persona into the movies somehow. Yes, and God bless them for trying. <laughs> <laughs> because it gives me, like... Uh, so much entertainment <laughs> like i i love the barbarian brothers movies <laughs> like twin sitters oh jesus that's that's my jam man <laughs> i gotta try it again <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's it's at your own risk but <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like it, it clicked for me like right away that kind of nonsense yeah so mm. jo- john michael thor he he's kind of that you could say he's like a canadian barbarian brother um, yeah basically yeah he was in a movie called Recruits, which is a sort of Police Academy-esque uh, boner jam comedy. <laughs> and hmm. that was in 86. I, I don't know if I mentioned, but... And then from there, in 1987, was truly John Michael Thor's year. Yeah, the year of Thor. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because both Rock and Roll Nightmare and Zombie Nightmare uh, came out in that year. Um, so first things first, let's dive straight into zombie nightmare because that was i believe the first one to come out it's my old friend huh seems i didn't do a good enough job last time but i'm gonna finish it now (laughs) 
It stars Adam West, John Michael Thor, Tia Carrera, a ton of other people. Somebody we'll get to in a minute. Okay. <laughs> and the the one of the interesting things that I found here, thanks to our friends at Canuxploitation.com, there'll be lots of uh, you know tidbits that we'll be talking about that probably were sourced from Canuxploitation.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Paul. John Fasano yeah. is the screenwriter for Zombie Nightmare, but... And everywhere else, there was another director credited. But if you read the Canuxploitation review, they actually talk about how it was actually directed by John Fasano, even though he's credited as like assistant director. Because mm. Jack Bravman, yeah. who was somebody who worked in the porn industry, worked with Roberta Findlay before she went mainstream uh, into exploitation cinema. So yeah, apparently this guy was like, we're going to do this movie. He, he ended up being credited as the director, but you know, hmm. Fasano who wrote this, the, the movie and was kind of something of like a Fangoria head kind of horror fan, you know, writing this sort of love letter yeah. to the genre. He ended yeah. up according to Canucksploitation.com, found himself in the director's chair, quote unquote. So oh, okay, I believe this is technically his first movie. I'm going off of Canucksploitation.com. I believe them. <laughs> yeah, I know John Fasano and, and John Michael Tor, like they work together a bunch. Well, a bunch. And like every project that they're both involved in, there's a couple like even more recent attempts. So like make a new rock, rock and roll nightmare movie I even saw on the on John Michael Tor's GeoCities ass website. <laughs> um but yeah, I also looked up some stuff about uh, Jack Bravman, um, who directed a movie called Night of the Dribbler, which is also a Canadian horror movie. And I hope we never have to cover that movie because it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. We'll be and, doing it. And okay, I sure, want to see fine. it. <laughs> okay, you you watch that shit, and I will just yeah <laughs> i will not maybe <laughs> i don't know man that movie was so rough that movie was so bad that after that movie i watched rockula as like a palate cleanser <laughs> and i love the shit out of rockula so i don't know what that says about me or about both of those movies um but yeah uh, like you said he, he apparently worked in porn and had a bunch of like aliases that kind of made me laugh uh one of the aliases is uh wizard glick and <laughs> loony bear oh no <laughs> and he also directed a porno movie called all in the sex family <laughs> and, i see what you did there yeah credited <laughs> as seaman launch <laughs> yep that's that's all those are all facts just there for holy you shit on, on imdb <laughs> wow mm. that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I I had read um, again on Canuck exploitation that this was originally set for an all black cast um, in New York, oh. and Teamster rates lured the production north of the border. Oh, so I that's see. another interesting tidbit from their review. Yeah, yeah, it's also interesting. These two movies, they're like apparently there was a market for like heavy metal horror mm-hmm. at a certain point. Um, you've got both movies that we're covering and we mentioned before John Fasano he also did a movie called Black Roses 
Um, not a John Michael Thor project though, so uh, I don't remember. I, I think Black Rose is from '88 or something. Yeah, but it's a few I, year, yeah, a year or two later. Yeah, yeah, and and there's there's a bunch. Like I looked it up. I, I found an, uh, a list on Letterbox. Trick or treat. Um, yeah, trick or treat. It's one of the better ones. Uh, you've also got Hard Rock Zombies. Yes. Which which is I remember being pretty bad. It has a good cover. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, most of them have. Like most of them, <laughs> I'm, I'm lured in by the cover, and then well, you know how it goes. <laughs> totally. Um, also got Shock and Dad, the uh, Tracy oh, yeah. Lords movie. That that's pretty fun, pretty dopey. Uh, Rocktober Blood. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that one, October Blood. Uh, another one that we streamed with the Chud Buddies not too long ago. I don't know if you remember. Um, a little movie starring Kiss. Yes. Meets Phantom of the Park. <laughs> I would like to forget it. Yes, let's. Uh, two more. You got Slaughterhouse Rock and Terror on Tour. Both movies I have not seen. But yeah, I mean, a bunch of these heavy metal horror movies. Uh, came out yeah it was a, a it, it was a big thing in the 80s and i think it was a uh i think it was a good fit because you had all of these people that loved you know heavy metal and mm -hmm. heavy metal has that relationship with horror absolutely with the alice yeah. cooper stuff and all the sort of b movie monster influence on horror so it made sense that there was going to so, be yeah. a you know a generation of of teenage to like early 20s fangoria readers who love metal that want to make a movie kind of thing yeah absolutely i mean it, it totally makes sense um but just looking back on it it's just like the fact that these movies all exist is such a time capsule you know hmm. uh it's like a perfect encapsulation of that time yeah and zombie nightmare of the two is maybe even a little bit less of a heavy metal thing outside of its soundtrack um because it's because it, the gist of the story is uh, Tony Washington, played by John Michael Thor, ends up being killed by a gang of rampant, trendy teenagers, <laughs> and a voodoo lady brings him back from the dead to seek revenge on his killers so he can rest in peace. And yeah. there is a sort of intro to the movie in the 50s that ends up kind of playing into a twist later in the film, but... This ended oh, yeah. up being picked up by Roger Corman for New World, but you know, in terms of the the hard rock aspect of it, you know, Thor isn't in a band in the movie. You know, it, it's it's less of a you know rock and roll movie than it is like a movie that got you know Motorhead on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even Thor, he's like. He's only he's he's not even playing Thor. He's like just playing a character, um, and he just becomes a zombie after like I don't know what it is like after the 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 opening fifteen minutes maybe. So yeah, uh, not a lot of him in it, which which was kind of a pity. It's a pity, but also I I kind of I so I watched this after Rock and Roll Nightmare. Okay, like yeah, by and that point you had enough, <laughs> probably. And I was I was thinking the whole time like, oh, this is actually like a pretty good fit for him for a debut movie where hmm. you kind of get a bit of his you know personality in the opening fifteen twenty minutes, and then he does kind of make a pretty all right kind of slasher heavy where he's just kind of like walking around with mm. his zombie makeup on i didn't mind his performance in the movie on the whole no 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 at all it's just uh it, it it kind of could have been anyone being the zombie that's that's just the thing <laughs> yeah 
but that's fine you know uh i don't need every movie to be john michael Torre movie yes uh definitely not so it's just comparing it to rock and roll nightmare it's just like rock and roll nightmare is such a vanity project in every way uh, it's, it's just pure john michael Torre. Yeah. and this one is not yeah which is fine <laughs> in the sense of it's also a bit more of a production than yeah rock and roll nightmare where that's a bit more of a passion thing like that movie feels like uh, we'll get to it a bunch of friends kind of making a movie but zombie nightmare feels like okay we've assembled a real crew and we've thought a little bit about like the shots and Mm. we've you know the script was written maybe in advance and we worked on it a bit more (laughs) and (laughs) you know we've got some they didn't obviously know that Tia Carrera was going to go on to be name a name, but like yeah. the people in it are there's you know Adam West and so there's names in it. It just feels a bit more like okay, this is a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. It does have a bit more, and and there's also like this movie got released on Blu-ray, so um, which was the version that I watched, which yeah. automatically gives it a bit more, you know, of a movie feel than just something like tucked away in a dark corner in a video store in the 80s. Uh, one thing I will say that confused me hmm. right off the bat is that they use a clip from later in the movie to open the movie before the credits. And I was like, are we, did you know, is something wrong with this Wait. Blu-ray? Like, <laughs> like the movie just starts and... Oh, okay. I and it's mean... like a cold open, and but it's a cold yeah. open that you see later and it's like... And because I'd seen this movie before, I was thinking, wait, wait, they just <laughs> kinda, is this re- how it opens? Yeah, they just kind of recycle that. That's true. Yeah. I forgot that about weird. that. Even the thing you mentioned about like uh, the way it starts and it's like back in the 50s, I yeah. completely forgot about that shit. <laughs> because I remember there's some stuff happening there uh, in like the whole, you know, inciting 50 minutes that yeah. sets up some stuff that plays a part later but i just completely forgot like why that happened yeah it's like the the, it starts in the 1950s and thor's character is there as a child and his dad interrupts these two asshole guys from assaulting a woman and ends up getting stabbed in the process and so then thor you know thor's character is like oh my god and grows up to then you know get murdered (laughs) this guy can't catch a break he also stumbles upon a a a robbery (laughs) everywhere he goes (laughs) yeah okay i had this thing in my notes this movie has a very weird thing about age this ties into the the part that happens with thor's dad because um like he gets into it with these punks like basically guys who are trying to rape a girl yeah and they get into a fight and this guy who apparently then is Thor's father, or well, what, what's his name again? Tony Washington's dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think even uh, I think that guy was played by John Fasano, actually. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I saw him listed in the credits as okay. something Washington. So I'm sure that's John Fasano. Um. Anyway, he he gets into it with these rapists, tries to like save the girl. Yeah. And. Like these punks, these rapists, they say, stay out of this old man. Yeah. And they barely look a different age. <laughs> it's it's like they're the same age and they're like, stay out of this old man. And then there's other stuff in this movie as well. Like later on, um, well, we haven't talked about 
Sean Levy yet, but we'll get into it after this. But him and his gang of like, you know, youths, I'll call them. <laughs> they youths. Kick, yeah, youths. Uh, they get kicked out of the club when they're, where they're to, like trying to rough some people up and the bouncer or whatever says, come back when you're 21. And then Sean Levy's character, he replies, I wouldn't come back if I was 41. <laughs> what, what kind of line is that? <laughs> yeah, it was like... Sick, sick burn, man. Yeah, you got him. <laughs> yeah. And then another scene with Sean Levy's character, uh, when he's trying to pick up a girl at like a drive-in or something. Um, and... This girl, she, uh, she says, I'm old enough to be your older sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, which in itself is just a weird line. I'm like, okay, as soon as you're basically a day older than him, then that makes you his older sister. So what does that <laughs> even mean? I'm old enough to be your older sister. And then he says, like, I've always wanted to make it with my older sister, which is a super gross line. Yeah, so but weird. Th- there's a lot of weird stuff about age in this movie, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Is it maybe like we have these people that look older than they are and we need to constantly be mentioning like, yeah, I'm must, older than you. Yeah, it must be something like that. <laughs> like being very specific about age when you can clearly see that all these people are roughly the same age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do the same. I noticed the same thing with the opening scene in the 50s with the yeah. mom and the father. Later, the mom is... is the same woman plays, you know, in in the 1950s and in the 80s, and and she does not look like she has aged very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like maybe they put a wig on her in the early scene or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Sean Levy and his gang of punks yeah. run over Thor, and he dies. And so Thor ends up getting brought back to his mother's house instead of, you know, going to a hospital. They just mm. bring his corpse to his mother and say, here you go. Yeah, you, <laughs> you saw this shit. <laughs> it's your kid. <laughs> yeah. And so the woman they were trying to save in the beginning of the film is mm. the woman who grows up to be the voodoo woman. So that's why Thor's mom says, let's go to her. You know, I hadn't even tied that together. That oh, she, really? was the, she was the voodoo lady. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I just assumed maybe. <laughs> yeah probably i kind of sure. thought that was actually like, yeah. yeah there's some like exposition at the end of the movie where i was like wait what what why it's <laughs> i guess something happened that we didn't see but we did see it i yeah. just completely forgot yeah i was pretty zoned out during the <laughs> middle of this movie like it, it it's kind of running on fumes for a while so so was i it opened strongly and i thought oh okay here we go this this might be pretty entertaining but it definitely gets draggy yeah Um, yeah they just kind of run out of steam yeah so sean levy and his buds you know end up getting tracked down by the you know brought back thor but we have to talk about sean levy yeah sean levy (laughs) this is the same canadian producer director who has worked on a number of really really high profile films like a night at the museum and a bunch of other kind of comedy movies Mm. got his start here i guess as an actor and this movie, you know, like you said to me in our chat thread, you, you come to this movie for Thor, but you stay <laughs> for Sean Levy. Yeah. He's just he's just so eating the scenery and it's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I didn't even recognize who this was because, OK, Sean Levy, I know that name, but I don't know the face behind yeah. that name. But then I looked it up. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> he's just so dialed up in yeah. this movie what are you trying to prove here jesus <laughs> okay like even just some lines 
that he spouts like when they run over Thor's character and later on he becomes a zombie and the kids are feeling kind of like remorseful about it but he doesn't give a shit like he says he's got a taste for killing and he says to the other kids like I kind of liked it you know snuffing out that big candle splat (laughs) yeah because he was the one driving when they hit Thor and it he he is loving it it's like yeah the way that that little mini mini monologue or whatever you want to call it mm. where he's, yeah he's just like oh man it felt good <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's so fucking extra in this movie <laughs> or, or like later on with the spaghetti oh yes <laughs> i love a scene like that it just it just reminded me of uh, american anthem yeah uh, with the eggs but this time it's spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah it's like his mom is like where have you been all night and he's yeah. at the fridge like shut up mom and he reaches in the fridge and pulls back a fistful of unsauced spaghetti yeah and he just like <laughs> takes a bite out of it and he's like hey whatever and then he throws it at her <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good yeah i'm out like, of here like what was up with kids in the 80s like aggressively rebelling by yeah. Just eating shit they find in the fridge. <laughs> it was this? a real trend. Yeah, so like Sean Levy really brings a lot to this movie. Mm. In in my memory of seeing this for the first time, I think maybe a year and a half or two years ago, I remember that Adam West showing up really like jolted the movie. But this time I was kind of like, bo- like oh, well, not boring, but I, you know, I, I didn't find him to spice up the joint as much as I had thought the first time I watched this. No, I, I, you know, Adam West always is kind of like, he's just doing Batman without the costume, basically, yeah. just talking in a very specific way. I also didn't think he brought a lot to this movie that saved it. Like, <laughs> I mean, he shows up like 45 minutes in. At that point, the movie was like yeah. really grinding its gears. And I was like, oof, how long's left? <laughs> <laughs> but then there's some fun moments with him at the end when he like, basically gets dragged into a grave and oh yeah that was that's pretty fun yeah uh, <laughs> so the 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 movie ends spoiler alert with the reveal that adam uh adam west who has been sort of investigating these murders that thor have, has been committing on all the people that were involved with murdering him hmm. uh, he turns out to be one of the guys from the beginning of the movie one of the two two men who were stopped you know, by hmm. Thor's dad. So he, Thor ends up pulling him into this, you know, red glowing grave at the end of the movie. And it's, it's, it's not Thor though. Oh, it's, it's not? It's, it's Thor's father. Oh yes. Whose, whose grave is also there. You're right. <laughs> Cause surprise, there's another zombie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, somehow I forgot about that. Everything about this movie comes back, but you're just so checked out that yeah. you, you feel like nothing matters in this shitty zombie movie. I then. just really liked that adam west's performance there where mm. he's being pulled in by the dad into a red glowing grave and he's got to be like kill me to his friend but mm-hmm. he just performs it like hey kill me <laughs> like he's <laughs> kill me i'm here he doesn't dial it up to 11 he just kind of says like hey help i mean kill me <laughs> help kill me this is yeah. what my career is now it's so funny. do do me a solid eh? yeah one thing though i i went to I don't know if how how thoroughly I I linked the site to you like Thor's website yeah. that, that he has now and that still gets updated because I saw like the last update was like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, I don't know how deep you digged into that shit, but I found some gems there. I wanted to wait for you to bring the gems to me. Okay, so 
and he has a couple of interviews on like the movies he's done so basically zombie nightmare and rock and roll nightmare and these interviews they're just like text interviews and they don't even look like real interviews they're they basically look like as if Thor himself, John Michael Thor, made these questions up so he could like share some information about how he feels about this movie. It, it's like there's nothing journalistic about this at all. I pulled a couple of quotes. I will share the ones I found for Rock and Roll Nightmare later. Okay. But for Zombie Nightmare, uh, one of the questions was, how did you like working with the rest of the cast? And John Michael Thor says, well, I was a big fan of the TV series Batman, so it was, a, it was great working with Adam West. It was Thor meets Batman. <laughs> Not really, because no, Thor isn't in this movie. <laughs> and then he also says, he was a great guy. And Tia Carrere was very a beautiful and kind person. Nice. Next question. Looking back, is there anything you would have changed in this movie? Yes, I would have asked Tia Carrere out for dinner. Oh, Okay. That's um, not about the movie. No. <laughs> Your zombie no. would have asked her out for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so. So, yeah, that's that's his insight into Zombie Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so like we mentioned, this movie, it has some some pretty hilarious moments. It's pretty fun. Hmm. Drags a lot. In, in terms of Canadian content, there's a lot of Canadian products. It has yeah. that kind of Canadian feel to, you know, this the kind of urban environments that it's set in it, it it's it's in montreal i believe yeah shot in montreal yeah yeah so it, it, like it does feel canadian in the sense of of it to me it, it i don't know if people outside of canada can look at something like this and be like oh it feels french canadian but there is something about <laughs> the way it feels i couldn't really tell like very specifically like french canadian or wherever canadian i just saw like afterwards on, on imdb that it's supposed to be set in the u.s but then there's like so much shit that betrays the fact that it was shot in <laughs> Montreal, actually. Like yeah. even just like French Quebec uh, road signs um, that just say arrête uh, instead of yeah. just stop. You know, that kind of stuff. And a, a lot of like, you know, Molson, Labatt, O'Keefe beer. Yeah, so pretty Canadian, but again, another one of these many movies that pretends like it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you get dinged for that here. <laughs> mm, totally I, I feel like i kind of like rock and roll nightmare a little bit better for reasons like both of them have this like dorky homemade energy to them that's why even zombie nightmare it, it wasn't the worst movie to me even though some people no. consider it like total trash it's fun enough until it stops being yeah. fun for a while and then it's interesting you know. that it was on the like bottom 250 on imdb for so long and i think oh, that was it yeah yeah i think it, it was very notable as like a terrible b movie you mm. know in the circles of the internet that i grew yeah. up in and i think that's maybe just because there's there's just enough notable things about it like tia carrera being mm. in it and adam west being in it um to make it on people's radar but yeah yeah it, it's it has it's funny moments and it's watchable is it essential <laughs> no hoser her <laughs> no it's not essential hoser i will say this though no uh, before we get to the next movie uh, i feel like john michael tor is an essential hoser horror persona <laughs> yes even though the movies aren't necessarily. <laughs> well, we'll see about Rock and Roll Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Which we can start that. talking about right now. Hey, really, mate? What are we supposed to do here? Rehearse, lame brain. City soften your ears and your arms. 
In our last gig, he didn't even play the same song we were playing. <laughs> Dead? You're crazy. Well, it sounded like the scream came from down here. You're right. Let's go upstairs. When will you ever learn? Rock and Roll Nightmare, a.k.a. Edge of Hell from 1986, starring John Michael Thor and many other people, also directed by John Fasano, tagline when you raise hell the devil must be paid in full and the synopsis of this film is at an old farmhouse a family mysteriously disappears at the hands of evil years later a hair metal band the tritons comes to the farmhouse whose barn now features a 24 track recording studio (laughs) band members (laughs) and their girlfriends begin to act strangely and vanish one by one soon only john triton remains and he holds a secret finally the evil shows itself and a battle between heaven and hell ensues do you think John, Tr- John Triton is the same character that's like Ariel's dad in The Little Mermaid? <laughs> yes. Has to be, right? It is. I'm sure that's like Disney canon. There can be only one Triton. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Roll Nightmare, Canuxploitation.com says $53,000 budget and, and made in seven days. I believe it. Which is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I'm a believer. Totally. And so this movie, I don't know if this is true or not, because there's no nothing, you know, backing up this information. It's just completely made up of my own accord. But I kind of it has this feeling of like, well, Zombie Nightmare wasn't what I wanted it to be from the perspective of John Michael Thor, him Mm -hmm. saying like, okay, kind of got a bum rep on that movie. Wasn't maybe (laughs) received well. I want to go make the Thor movie. You know? Yeah. And I'm going to bring my buddy John Fasano along. Because this feels like, this is Thor. It's it's written by him, produced by him, has music by him. It's, and it's, it's basically starring himself as the savior of mankind. Yeah. So, you know, this is as Thor as it gets. But it's also, you know, kind of goofy and in the sense that it's a huge vanity project and there's probably egos to go along with that. You also don't get that sense of like, this is serious, you know, like, because I mean, it's yeah. also got like goofy little little dudes popping around, <laughs> little puppets and stuff like it. It feels very like, let's all make a movie. We all like horror movies. Let's have fun, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, there's nothing really... Uh egomaniacal about it in the way that something like you know watching the room is it definitely feels like they just like everyone seems to have fun making this movie yeah it does does have that vibe but it that that does kind of make it it it's it's much worse of a movie (laughs) (laughs) kind of yeah it like you know in terms of if we're talking quote unquote quality but (laughs) i also found it way more endearing yeah yeah true and i think maybe that's just like the type of people we are you know i i want to see the kind of weird vanity project and what are and have that like what are they thinking kind of element to it whereas zombie nightmare you know what they were thinking they were trying to make a horror movie trying to make it bankable and sellable and rock and roll nightmare is just let's do it let's do what we want to do yeah i mean it's it's all about 
the identity of rock and roll nightmare it's just like all john michael torn where zombie nightmare just feels like any old horror movie rock and roll nightmare feels a little bit more unique in that sense which is also why i like it more (laughs) even though like i rewatched it for this episode you had never seen it before right no i'd never seen it okay so i rewatched it and beforehand i was like do do i really want to rewatch this because i watched (laughs) it i think last year like around halloween ish yeah and i put it on and like michelle was sat next to me (laughs) and she was just what is this awful garbage (laughs) you're watching and i'm like yeah this isn't too too great it's pretty boring but I kind of forgot how I felt about this movie and now watching it again, I was like, okay, I know I don't have to be checked in the entire time during this movie. It's, it's just not necessary. <laughs> okay, so basically these people, they all come to this place to write new music and they're, they say they have to like come up with 10 minutes of new material. Yeah. Which is what, like two songs? Yeah, and they, and they say they have a well, like a whole week to do it or something like that. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem that, uh, you know, you don't have to sequester yourself for that kind of thing, I feel like. But okay, they go to this place and all they really end up doing at this place is having sex and giving concerts to their girlfriends in the barn that's next to the house. Yeah. But what they definitely don't ever do is write music. No. <laughs> it's just like, you know... These girls, like girlfriends are in the barn, like two or three of them. They're just going wild at the music and at Taurus lip syncing. Yeah. He does sit down at one point and write some things on a piece of paper, maybe some lyrics. I don't know. The, oh, oh I, I loved that one of one of the guys in the band uh, has a sometimes British accent. <laughs> yeah. What was up with that? Like sometimes british sometimes a little australian even and then sometimes it just completely disappears yeah it reeks of that like yeah i'll do a british accent that'll be great and then like they already were filming in in his head he's like oh shit i cannot do this (laughs) but i also can't stop because we've already filmed like a bunch of scenes with me with his accent (laughs) like later on it completely disappears even like the thing about this movie is these people they um they stay in this house they all get possessed sort of by a presence that's in the house you yeah. don't find out until later what exactly that is but when this guy with the british accent gets possessed it feels like his accent also just disappears he's just like totally. talking like american canadian whatever north american maybe use that as an excuse of like well i'm possessed i don't have to do it anymore i guess <laughs> sure and 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 no no one's like phased by this like his friends they don't even notice it's like Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, your af- your accent kind of comes and goes, so this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and so before the band even shows up here, we have that opening where it's like the family mysteriously disappearing. Oh yeah. Which is like the mom gets sucked into the um the stove, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Now, are we to believe that the child in the opening scene is Thor? I guess not. Is is there something that leads you to believe that? <laughs> oh, well, just the fact that the opening scene ends on the child being like, oh, no, my parents just got sucked into the stove by a monster of some kind. Yeah. Okay, and then but- what happens at the end of the movie. But I guess mm. he kind of reveals himself later that we'll get to, to be yeah. something else. And so also, I guess not. 
this kid kind of shows up in the movie later on. Yeah, it's kind of like a spirit. And then I thought maybe he was the guy who gives them the house where he's like, yeah, record here. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> You're the guy with a very Canadian accent, you mean? <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing about that scene is that character who is presented as kind of like the, the guy who's taking care of the house, after they all get the keys off him and stuff and walk away, it tries to do that thing in horror movies where one of the characters goes like, you'll see, you'll all see about staying here. Yeah, crazy Ralph trope, basically. Crazy Ralph, but <laughs> it's like the end of a scene and he just goes like, no one's around anymore, and he just goes... You'll see. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. You'll like, no see. No one's here it. to see. No one's here to hear, hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. So basically they show up to do all the recording and, and all of that jazz and little foam monsters start showing up and causing havoc. Yeah. And like the first time that what, one of these little foam monsters shows up was on, it, it almost feels like a metaphor. Okay. So. I think this it's the first time they're giving like this mini concert in the barn to their yeah. girlfriends. And all of a sudden this like little basically penis shaped guy <laughs> with an eyeball shows up and he he pukes like a, a little bit of translucent goo. Yes. I don't know what you want to make of that. Right into a cup. You know, it's uh, John Michael Torr wrote yeah. this movie, Ask Him. <laughs> why you would put that in while he's performing a song yeah when, when that happened emma had not yet fallen asleep oh, okay <laughs> and immediately when that puppet came on screen she said why is that puppet a penis <laughs> yeah bingo yeah and i was like oh i don't know maybe it's uh <laughs> like trying to figure out like what else it could be <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like a cyclops or something. <laughs> it's it's a one-eyed snake. Yeah, it's the original one-eyed snake. You yeah. know, from the Adam and, Adam and Eve. You know. <laughs> yeah, and so there's a bunch of different little dudes. This movie is a very horny movie. Yes. It's also an extremely unsexy movie, which is a great combination. I love that about a movie when it's. <laughs> When the movie is horny, but it's like the least sexy thing in the world. That's so funny. Like there's yeah. a there's a scene in this movie with John Michael Thor in a shower with a woman, and it is so weird. Oh, yeah. And I kept thinking, <laughs> do you think after they shot this, that woman sat John Michael Thor down and said, like, that's not how you kiss? <laughs> okay. So you know the interview from before on yes. Zombie Nightmare. Okay. Since we're talking about it anyway, John Michael Torp probably asked himself all this stuff. So, question, what were the hardest obstacles to tackle and overcome during the filming process? And he says, very cold, minus 20 degrees below weather and being half nude in my Archangel costume. I froze my buns off. Well, what were your personal favorite scenes? The shower scene was fun. Any special fun anecdotes of things that happened behind the scenes during the movie's filming? Well, I promised myself not to get hard on during the shower scene. But sure enough, <laughs> there rose the big rod. <laughs> oh, Thor. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Thor. You're so, you're such a scamp. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be getting a boner in my own movie <laughs> here, but sure enough, there rose the big rod. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's oh. just like all the stuff that you hear him say about this movie it's not like un- unexpected i mean it's so it's it's like when someone on twitter is being horny on main you know <laughs> and that's standard 80s procedure yeah. everyone just said shit and no one called them on it especially these people with like a little inflated egos uh kind of like rock star personas it's yeah like i say it makes sense that he would say shit like this but it's, yeah it, and it's all there on his website and i'm sure there's more gems i like only looked for like you know like 20 minutes just clicking on everything see if i can find some gems and yeah so the movie is basically a series of little little rubber monsters attack people once in a while they kind of turn into sort of zombie-esque you know demon things mm. there's a, everybody gets their moment where they go off and like go oh, we're gonna go lay down for a while and then you know <laughs> a terribly unsexy thing happens and it ultimately leads up to the fact that everyone is is now a demon and that's when he goes to write down some lyrics i believe and one of the women shows up and says like everyone's dead <laughs> and he's like no they aren't <laughs> fooled you yeah and, and the demon woman is like there's no van anymore and he goes the van's parked out front and the demon's like uh <laughs> oh shit, oh, shit. <laughs> and this is like a huge out of nowhere twist oh this is so good where thor basically reveals that Nobody in this movie is a real person. It was all a ploy to, you know, get the devil to come out of hiding. And, you know, now I'm going to take down the ultimate evil one and for all because I'm actually, you know, the ultimate good, you know, Archangel. And the way he defeats the devil is basically a lot of scenes where he's holding him by the neck. Yeah. Like in a chokehold and <laughs> just making screaming faces at the devil. Yeah. Un- until the devil just gets annoyed and goes away. And the devil's a huge foam like monster that looks yeah. terrible, but in the best, most fun way. Absolutely. And it throws little starfish at him and he has to, in slow motion, pretend like they're getting stuck to him by <laughs> catching them and putting them on himself, <laughs> which is just, oh, chef kiss, perfect territory. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I remember from the first time I saw this movie. When when that shit was happening, I was like, holy shit, this movie yeah. is it's pretty bad, but yeah. scenes like that are also pretty fucking special. And the, the twist is so out of nowhere. It's also, again, with the ego thing, you know, just to like propose the fact yeah. that ultimately you were the only character in this movie. <laughs> it's basically what he's saying. Like, none of the characters were real. They were all just made up out of me they were all like you know <laughs> not real this was all a ploy to yeah the fact that all these people were having sex in other rooms and stuff it, it was all part of the plan don't worry <laughs> about it <laughs> just learning a little devil out pretty good yeah and then so he defeats the devil and that's the end of the movie basically that's that's pretty perfect <laughs> totally it, it, it ends on a high note i also like that isn't it basically his girlfriend who at the end turns into the devil yeah and and the fact that he's so so unimpressed i think he uh, he says at that point nice effects or something yeah. along those lines <laughs> i just had to think of like strange brew like nice effects eh? yeah i love that yeah <laughs> and then you know some more penis shaped fraggles show up and smoke some cigarettes <laughs> just for funsies you know yeah this movie i mean listen if you watch this film you will be bored you will absolutely 
have long stretches of uninteresting things happening. Hmm. But I think this movie just fits a little bit more along the lines of like, you know, I love Sledgehammer and Sledgehammer is nothing but nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I like that the opening 10 minutes of this movie is just a shot of a van over music. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just hilarious to me. Yeah. And apparently the reason that that shot is in there because they came in sh- 10 minutes short. Oh, really? Required running time. So there's a really <laughs> long stretch of just the car driving in That's, there. Oh, classic. Fred Olin Ray would be proud. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, what's <laughs> the cheapest way we can fill in these 10 minutes yeah. with, without bothering anyone, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great and takes place just outside of Toronto. They talk about, we got to get to Toronto to be this band. We're, you know, that's where it's happening, man. Toronto's where it's happening, yep. This is, you know, not like Zombie Nightmare. John Michael Thor was like, no, this is my movie and it's going to mm. take place near Toronto. It's fucking Canadian. Other than that, there's not like a ton of, they're just in a barn somewhere. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Location's pretty limited. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to f- know about some other Thor stuff I found on the website? It's not really related to the movie but or like yes. any of these movies yes, okay so some stuff i found i think i found some stuff in like the uh the shop that's on the website okay uh where you can buy a bunch of shit like not just the movies like obviously music but apparently tor has this band thing now called tor and the ass boys and they apparently have a single called shit the pants <laughs> and and well obviously you can buy that on the shop uh yeah. it, it says on the cover shit the pants and other favorites wonderful that is one of my favorites another thing i found was he used to have autographed hot water bottles on there nice from tour's triumphant tour 2002 and the description reads the cutest little hot water bottles you've ever seen signed by the thunder god himself each bottle's inscription is completely unique. I gotta have one. Yeah, don't you want those? I can't believe that they are sold out. I, I want to know if the Ass Boys were mm. a band before Thor, and they so they were like, oh, I'm going to join up, or if it was of Thor's, you know, devising. I don't know. I, I didn't go that deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I feel like I've gone deep enough. I already feel a little weird about knowing all this stuff, like having this information <laughs> in my head now. But yeah. I asked for it, so... Totally. It's there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's the two films from John Michael Thor in Canada. I will have to say, honestly, Rock and Roll Nightmare, by all accounts, should not be an essential movie, but I'm going (laughs) to label it essential anyway, because I think some kind of John Michael Thor document needs to be in the canon of Canadian uh, hoser horror. So, I mean... There, there's not many other movies like it, you know, mm, in Canada. Exactly. So as bad and boring as it gets, it's yeah. to, there just needs to be, yeah, a John Michael Thor movie. So if you have seen either of these films and you want to let us know what you thought, or if uh, you want to watch them and then let us know what you think after, after you listening to us talk about them, Back Row Cineblog is where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Backdashrow.com is the website. Carlo, where can people find you? uh twitter letterboxd uh yeah and your username is carlo carlo goes boom yeah yeah make it easy for you and i am on letterboxd y c k m d underscore and that is also my twitter 
Yeah. So if you have any recommendations for Hoser Horror or requests, you can email them in. Oh, yeah, totally. But otherwise, uh, that's another episode of Hoser Horror. Until next time, we'll see you in the Great White North. Goodbye. Goodbye.